This is the night when fear and horror walk hand in hand. This is Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. As ancient as superstition, as modern as the telephone. Ladies and gentlemen, light up the incense and candles. It's time for a Sabbath seance, man. <laughs> After last week's little random haze maze drop there in the feed, hope you all checked that out, hope you all went and bought the wax, I kind of got the itch again here to fire up the old Tazcam linear PCM recorder here and, you know, shoot the shit on some Sabbath. Why the fuck not? <laughs> nothing better to do as Dave Mustaine would say also a couple of you diehard supernauts have been emailing me or dropping me tweets and have requested a fix so let's do a little episode or two here see what happens see if this gets me back into the groove somewhat we'll keep it loose more freeform topics here for this I guess we call it a mini-series. It's not locked into the album-to-album chronological approach of my previous efforts. I'd like it to be kind of like a request show. Like if you, the listener, wants to get involved, let's hear it. Hell, we can even shoot the shit together if the stars align. You can call in on Zoom and all that shit, and we can talk about something that you want to talk about. Of course, it has to be some proper Sabbath worship. In some regard, but it can be fringe. It can be, you know, in the family of Sabbath, some solo album that you want to go into. Do you want to talk about fucking Tony Martin's uh, cage or whatever the hell he does outside of the Sabbath? There's no contractual obligations here on my part. I put them up whenever I damn well feel like it. But if you want to help me out, throw me some ideas too. At Sabbath Bloody PC on Twitter. You can get me there. Sabbath Bloody Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to just record your own seance, have at it. I might put it up in the feed if it's any good. That's what I'm saying, man. This is like an open form thing. I've got a couple of topics in the queue already, actually. So let's get into it. But before that, let's get into some Guinness, shall we? <laughs> oh, yeah. Some things never change. The point of doom is still flowing here. And as I sip the nectar of the doom lords here, give it up for the tremendous Deep Dive Podcast Network. I'm super proud of all these lads. They've really rallied together while I've been fucking lazy. But they keep things together here through the pandemics and the lockdowns and such. And they've all been studs to contribute to free entertainment for the masses. You got the simple man. Over at Skinnered Reconsidered. Him and I kind of make up the bottom of the barrel when it comes to podcasting output volume-wise. That's undeniable. But shit, son, when we turn something out, look out. <laughs> look out! Besides, he's been doing some uh, bonus stuff there that trickles into his feed. He's just good people. You should know that. And then there's the big boys. The podcast machines. Of course, Nate and John. Every week. Haven't missed a beat at the Deep Purple Podcast. Juggernaut episodes, you know how they roll. I had the absolute pleasure of hanging out with them a few weeks back when we talked Born Again. So check that out if you haven't already. I've gotten lots of good feedback from you guys. You really like that. I'll have to jump in that show some other time down the road. Then you got 
T-Bone, the chairman, his tremendous, legit rock interview podcast, Prime Cuts. Prime Cuts on the other side. <laughs> he interviews some great musicians, and he himself is a great interviewer. They don't call him the chairman for nothing. Terry runs this town. And then you got Scotty, the goddamn machine, Haskin. Ridiculous output from him on the Musicians Podcast. Pretty much fucking daily over there. Song by song, deep dive, Uriah Heap. And my Celtic brethren, of course, I, you got the lap lads, Paul, David, and Joe in the lap of the pods, the Queen Podcast. Okay, there you have it. If you didn't know, now you know. The Deep Dive Podcast is real, son. So, back to the seance now. Let's dim those lights back down. The topic for today comes from a listener, Mike Catan, and he's requested that I sink into the live void that is Black Sabbath and get a little bit more in-depth about the Sabbath offerings that are out there of live shows. That's something that I know I didn't really concentrate on the first run of the show. Admittedly, I'm not a huge live album guy. I really don't get off on the hearing the crowd at the same time. It's just, yeah, it doesn't really work for me. I'd rather have a polished kind of studio offering. So I've probably glossed them over. Mike had mentioned, though, covering the DVD releases specifically, which I'm down for that. I mean, those are always great quality sound, the concert films over the year. So I'm going to add in the more official live records to that idea as well and just kind of pad this episode out here. All right? Excited? Let's do this. These are what I consider the official Sabbath Live canon. I'll kind of give my thoughts on each one, sound quality-wise, get into a little bit of history of the band at the time, but not much. You know, we're not going to go super deep here. And as always, there's all kinds of release fuckery surrounding a few of these offerings, so we'll try to go a little deep on some of the stuff, but it'll take a couple of these seances to really give justice to the live output of sabbath to all the live material of sabbath it's fucking 50 years of existence man like there's lots of shit out there and there's a couple of borderline ones too that might not be considered official canon but i've actually kind of lumped them in here because you know they had official releases of some sort but for the most part these are the all somewhat packaged under the proper brand with all the labels and all the barcodes This isn't going to include the full-on bootlegs. I love that shit, too. I will get into that someday. Even the live soundboards that were broadcast over the years on FM radio. I'll do an entirely different show for that material specifically. So we'll label this as Volume 1. So I don't need to hear you say, You missed Reading 82, man. (laughs) I'm talking about the big polished ones today. We'll get to those glorious soundboards in the future. And actually, first, we need to discuss... The outliers for today, just to get us into what I consider the official Sabbath live canon. The 101 proof, as it were. I'm going to go chronologically here, by the show dates, not necessarily by the release dates of the material. So first, we'll take it back to 73. Peek at that OG Sabs 4 here. We do have some OG live captures from the early 70s, like this one here.
Yes, this is one of my favorite Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath jams captured live. It could be considered a deep cut, really. That is, of course, Killing Yourself to Live. My cat loves it too, right? <laughs> and this is a recording here that actually predates the Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath studio album release. As you can hear, they don't even have the chorus or the song title in here. Or I get maybe, I don't know, Ozzy just forgot it, but... <laughs> Because that's always a possibility with Ozzy. But what a killer track. Top 10 Sabbath for me. But let's talk about how this one surfaced live here. The live version that you're hearing, the original intention of these recordings was different than what actually happened to them. So this is from the Past Live CD set, which is a two-disc set that was officially released in 2002 on Sanctuary Records, which is a WB imprint, so Sabbath's label proper here. Now, that wasn't, however, the first time that this material appeared to the masses. It also appears on a very widely distributed album from 1980 called Black Sabbath, Live at Last. Now, I just recently got the cassette of this one. I know it's out on vinyl, or it was out on vinyl. It's not rare by any means. Is it official? Uh, well, legally, yes. Is it bootlegged? Well, sort of. <laughs> it's a real fucking gray area with this one. It was first released by the Names label in the UK in the summer of 1980. The Live at Last record, that is. It was a byproduct, actually, of that whole well-documented managerial shitstorm that was Black Sabbath in the late 70s and 80s. Released right around the time of the big split with Ozzy after Never Say Die. I won't get too deep into that drama now. In fact, one of the other ideas I have for a Sabbath seance is to lock in and really break down the managerial timeline of Sabbath through the years. Because <laughs> it's one of those things that confuses the fuck out of me. So to get it laid out properly would be fun. But the title, Live at Last, it's blatantly declaring that this is the first live Black Sabbath album. Right there in the title, right? Although it was essentially released without the lads in the band even knowing, as they had parted ways with their manager, Patrick Meehan, we all know that scumbag, and his Neem's label, which he had a stock in of some kind. That's another interesting thing, looking at the labels maybe in uh, a Sabbath seance down the road. Neem's is interesting too, I think they had some connections with the Beatles, or he bought up like after the Beatles catalog moved, there's some, I don't know what it is. There's all kinds of weird distribution shit in the UK. The album collects a couple of live pro-recorded dates from 1973. Those being the shows at the Manchester Free Trade Hall, March 11th, 1973. And the Rainbow in London. Not the Rainbow on Sunset Strip. And that was from March 16th, 1973. So from what I've read in like Tony's book and other sources like that, the material was intended for an official live offering even back then. But the boys weren't happy with the performance or something or, you know, the recording they didn't quite like. So it got shelved. But long behold, after the kind of fuckery happens, Patrick Meehan, he keeps the masters. And upon its release, like when they released Live at Last, he still kind of had the rights to distribute it under the Black Sabbath name, even though he was kind of parting ways with them. They did Sabotage together. You know the fuckery around Sabotage. So... He cashed in on his asset while they were distracted, you know, trying to pick up the pieces of the big gauzy split up. The cover on this thing, like, just screams bootleg, especially the tape I have. It's some random moonscape kind of 
terrible font choices on it. I mean, if you compare the presentation of this with We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll, the compilation that they put out around the same time, or hell, Heaven and Hell, right? You can tell that this one was zero fucks given and just kind of get it out on the shelves kind of job. I'm not the biggest fan of the presentation, but the overall quality of the recordings for the original Sabbath stuff, it's pretty awesome. I'm happy it exists. So the official live canon here is off to a real shaky start, right? I personally consider Live at Last and the subsequent repackaging called Past Lives to be official Live Sabbath, but officially... (laughs) There was no Black Sabbath live album until the Dio years. But wait, we can't just jump ahead to that. We have to have one more live capture here from the originals, which is also kind of official in its intention, but again, kind of fell through the cracks as far as the reissuing and all that kind of push. Although this one is not an LP, this gets into the concert videos, which is what this initial episode was supposed to be about. This was the first ever home video released concert by sabbath and one of the first ever really i mean this is very early in the home video kind of world this is a kick-ass recording too that is never say die a decade of black sabbath This one is essential viewing. A lot of bootleggers actually ripped the video, like the soundtrack of the video, and used that to create live bootlegs, which makes sense. I mean, you got to think in 1970, 1978, I guess this would have been, home video was still very new. So bootleggers saw an opportunity to kind of just rip it, put it out in the streets, make some cash on it to unsuspecting punters who can't afford the VHS at the time or a VCR or Betamax or whatever the fucking (laughs) format was. But now, the spoiled generation of us, (laughs) we can just hop on YouTube there, type in Black Sabbath 1978, full concert, and blam, there it is, in all its glory. So fucking do that. (laughs) That's all I can say. Essential viewing here. My personal favorite live capture of the original Sabbath, but I'm like a never say die tech X supporter, you know. Yes, I love the first six albums as much as the next person, but those ones are great too. I love the sonic variety on it. And live, they were really cooking at that time. It would actually be cool if, I don't know, like if they do a Never Say Die anniversary box, which, I mean, if they skip Master of Reality, (laughs) they're definitely going to skip Never Say Die. But if they go back and do that, they pull in the masters from this concert, clean it up proper for the set, have a DVD in there of this, that would be fucking phenomenal. Well, they'll probably just do another fucking Paranoid set instead, right? (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to the Dio years now. This is when it really starts picking up. The concentration on the live captures, the proper concert films and distribution. They're always rolling on soundboards properly. Even the bootlegs around this time are way better than the 70s stuff. When it's an event, like they're playing a great venue with great sound, they're going to pro-shoot it. They're going to record something, capture the magic of the eternal one, Ronnie James Dio. So let's get right into it. This one is almost the counterpart to Never Say Die for me. 
it still isn't the first official Black Sabbath record. But again, as far as releases go, it's fucking canon. From the Nassau Memorial Coliseum, the former home of the New York Islanders. That's where they won all those cups, right? This is the black and blue live video. And the boys, they're going to tell everyone to die young. So this was filmed during the 1980 co-headlining tour with Blue Oyster Cult in support of the Heaven and Hell album here. So Mob Rules wasn't out. This was the earliest, like, real polished Dio Sabbath thing out there. It doesn't get much better than this, homies. Although I personally think Dio-fronted Sabbath gets better with age. And when Dio is infused with a little bit of piss and vinegar, dehumanizer, that stuff, that's the better stuff. But Black and Blue... The performance is incredible here. Watch how Ronnie commands the audience. Just an absolute boss up there. This is prime, mystical, magical Ronnie here. If that's your deal, if that's your deal wheelhouse, you'll take this show. And another announcement: Mick Wall's book uh, on Dio, which is called Rainbow in the Dark, should be coming out pretty soon. I urge you all to pre-order that. I think it's not going to be released until the summer. But you can pre-order the hardcover and the paperback on Amazon there. I've already got mine in the queue. That's going to be a fucking great thing. It's probably going to inspire me to do a Dio podcast like I do with Ozzy. But who knows? Let's just keep on with these little Sabbath seances for a while. See what happens. So, yeah. Where was I? The black and blue performance. Incredible. And Iomi's fucking a beast on this. Just coked to the absolute max if you only watch one clip from this watch his guitar solo and just look into his eyes the riff lord will legit eat your soul just a fiend at this time but that's well reported and the performance wise they're all cooking it sounds great we got a couple more dio era performances that we need to get to here in the official canon but the quality level of this one from the get-go starts well so i urge you to check this one out But there's, of course, Live at the Hammersmith Odeon. And this was another offering. This was from a New Year's Eve gig in 1981. So predating the first official live album, which we'll get to shortly, which you all know about. But this is on the Mob Rules cycle. Neon Night! Live at the Hammersmith Odeon, fantastic as well. It was officially packaged up and released as a limited run vinyl by Rhino just recently, or like, you know, post, um, sorry, 
post Dio's death. I think only a couple of hundred of those were printed. So I know my vinyl dealer actually has one, but was asking way too much for it. So I assume it's some collector thing. But it's very much a counterpart to the truly mass-produced live Sabbath offering. We got to get to that live double album that you all know and love, Live Evil. So this was recorded across several shows in Seattle, Dallas, San Antonio, and it was given like a proper worldwide release, you know, Live Evil, everybody has that in their collection. There's all kinds of drama around it too, because, you know, it was the mix that broke up the band. This is when Iomi and Geezer clicked up and Ronnie, you know, butted heads with them, the mix. You know that story. It's If you don't know the story, then go to the... I believe I cover it in the end of the Mob Rules episode or the beginning of the Dehumanizer episode. Anyway, you'll find it somewhere in the annuals of time here. And the album often gets kind of eclipsed by that drama around it. But boy, it's a slamming record. Like, I actually like the mix. Some people say it's blown out. Sounds pretty good to me. I mean, it's not as good as some of the later uh, Dio ones that we'll get into. But... It's pretty solid. I love having it in my collection. All right, so after that one, unfortunately for the glorious Born Again cycle that we all love, and thankfully (laughs) not anything from the Seven Star era, there's no official lives from either of those offerings. Some great bootlegs and soundboards are out there, but nothing canon. So we'll leap ahead nearly a decade here to the tail end of the Cats stint. Yes, we're leap over to the litter box. Tony Martin time, boys. They do get an official live album out with him. And it's a great one, too. One of my favorites from the official feed. And I imagine it's overlooked by many of you. I know the cat isn't for everyone. I'm kind of lukewarm on him at best. But in 94, Sabbath is straight fucking fire with him at the front there. Fantastic era. This was for the Cross Purposes album. So... Not what many would consider the classic Martin lineup of Iomi, Cozy, Neil Murray, and the Cat. But Tony's got a pretty killer rhythm section of Bobby Rondinelli and, of course, the best geezer fucking butler. So you know this is my jam, geezer being essential to me for my Sabbath fix. I know you guys are all no Bill Ward, no Black Sabbath. Well, I'm no fucking geezer butler, no Black Sabbath. 
<laughs> Except for the Eternal Idol, I do like that one. But anyway, there's always one or two outlines. <laughs> if I was going to like be a martyr, it would be for Geezer. A phenomenal set list here, though, on the Cross Purposes Live. Loads of Martin stuff, but also some Ozzy and some offerings from the Eternal one. Tony Martin does a great job on the Dio tracks. Well represented here. So let's hear Tony Martin intro one of these tracks and give you a taste of how much of a class act the cat is too here. Pure class. Thank you very much. Yeah. How you doing? You all right? Yeah. I must be the center of the universe. <laughs> now, when we tried to put this set together, we felt that every part of Black Sabbath's history should be included, you know what I'm saying? It's a kind of impossible job with the amount of songs that's available to us, but this next track is one song that we felt had a fucking good place in this set. Children of the Ages, you're gonna love this one. Take a Okay, yes, Dio he is not, but I do really like his takes on the stuff. I mean, he works, he doesn't shit on it better than Gillen did or even uh, Hughes from what I heard. Great sound and video quality here too. Not much into the 90s video fuckery that is in the uh, visuals of this, but hey. (laughs) A couple of tacky double exposures here, some star wipes and... Yeah, check it out though. I'll run through my ranking of all these canon offerings later. But yes, this one is high up there. I mean, come on. Psychophobia? Absolute fire alive. Really though, you do see the awkwardness of Tony Martin when you watch the video. He's definitely not the stage presence of his predecessors. But I know, cat fans say, don't compare him to Dio, man. Don't compare him to Ozzy. Well, Dio was there in this decade too. Like, I think both him and Martin recorded Dehumanizer. So it's hard to not compare them. You know, they're contemporaries as well. It's safe, don't worry. We can have opinions within the Sabbath here. It's all love. (laughs) But Cross Purpose is live. Deadly offering. Now, though, we got to sink into the reunions. I mean, starting in 96, that's all what it's all about. I mean, for the most part, after Forbidden does its cycle, the tours kind of shift to nostalgic deals. You got the Ozfest reunions of the Sabs 4. You got the Dio reunions, the Heaven and Hell banner, the compilations that they put out. And there are some huge live draws at this time. And so, of course, we get some grand production here. We'll kind of sum it up in three parts here. I feel like I'm going a little long for what I want these seances to be. But you should know 
These are all phenomenal live captures here. They don't fuck around from cross purposes forward, including cross purposes. I, I think that's a great production. High production value throughout, but it's now Sabs 4, Heaven and Hell, and The End. Those are the three lanes that we need to cover. For the Sabs 4 portion, that's Ozzy, Tony, Geezer, and old Nibby back there. There are two major releases that you should all be aware of from the reunion cycle, those being Reunion Itself, the album, and The Last Supper, which is the DVD kind of video portion to that reunion. Not necessarily the reunion album, but it's like, you know, part of that cycle. They're they're both actually quite similar set-wise. I mean, once they got into the reunion legacy act thing, stuff doesn't change up too much. They both kind of fall into that late 90s, early 2000s OzFest reunion thing, which was big on nostalgia, no real new tracks, I tend to lean towards Reunion myself, actually, when I'm looking at, like, this pocket here, as that was the one that I had for ages, and I love the way it sounds. I used to play the shit out of that in my car stereo, so it's imprinted well. I still have my old cassette of that one, actually. One of the few spools of doom that survived. And also, they play one on the Reunion set that is just unreal. The epic uplifting symphonic opus that is Spiral Architect. What I love about this is just how fucking forward in the mix Geezer is, right? His bass tone is just immense. And that, my friends, is what it's all about for me. As far as my personal taste, anyway. So Reunion is very top-tier Sabbath in my live rankings. But it's not number one. That's still coming up here. So yeah, as I mentioned too, the Last Supper DVD, or I guess VHS, the concert video from the second kind of cycle of this reunion with Ward after they reset and realize, shit, we can make a lot of money doing this shit. (laughs) I guess it's all the same reunion, really, but when does it actually stop being a reunion? I always wonder that with bands. Like, I know they do the the last concert ever, but then if they just keep pushing it, like the Eagles do, and the hell freezes over and all that stuff every year, doesn't it just become the band again? Like, is it really a reunion? I don't know. Anyway, there were some health problems and lineup switches along the way between these two offerings, so it evolves. I find there's a special energy to that reunion album proper as opposed to The Last Supper. Like The Last Supper, they they do seem a little tired. It's still worth checking out. And also, the visual aspect of it, 
not good at all. It's kind of a dog's breakfast on the edit. Much like they did later with like the cinematic release of the end, they splice in a bunch of interviews during the performances. Like Iomi starts soloing, and then they cut to fucking Geezer talking about how much he likes Iomi. It's like, oh fuck, let's listen to him play the fucking solo. There are these sessions too that they did with Henry Rollins, who I love. You know, it's great documentary stuff, but I like my concert to be somewhat pure when I'm watching it, and the docs to be kind of a different thing. Like, I'm not a fan of when the bo- when like a band does a release that's supposed to be a specific concert. And they cut out of the action. And, you know, especially when it's a legacy act. Sadly, Sabbath was a legacy act at the time. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to put a bow on their career with these packages and bring, like, some weight to the performance and everything. But just let us hear the concert in full first, and then we can decide to click on the bonus material. All right, editors, listen to me. I know what I'm doing. I edit shit, too. (laughs) Or I guess the producers are the ones that are making that call. The cool thing with the end that they didn't do with this one, but they did do in the end, is that they have a theatrical cut and then they have like a straight up concert one as well. But The Last Supper, it is what it is, right? Not bad. Certainly not an essential release to me. But if you want to see that visual, it's there for you. All right, let's get to the next stage here. We only got a few more to go, and of course, the Sabs 4 ran its course eventually, as we all know. The Dio itch started up again for Tony, and in 2007, we get what I consider the finest piece of live Sabbath available. And it isn't even Black Sabbath, people. (laughs) It's heaven and hell, live from Radio City Music Hall. performance on this one i mean i love aged dio personally like i think the character and his voice is so badass and of course the scathing songs that they did around this time or that they pulled from dehumanizer like this one right into the devil you know which is a super dark album actually the devil you know i love that stuff more than the early heaven and hell material which is more mystical and you know precise this is fucking heavy doom and has a real thick atmosphere to it i love it so heaven and hell have a hell of a run the band heaven and hell that is right up to the passing of the eternal one so we get two very strong concert dvd album spectaculars that are released and the tones on this record insane geezer never sounded better Vinny abbasi never sounded better tony iomi whoo so radio city and then the 2010 release that was their appearance at the Wacken Open Air Festival, whatever the fuck it's called. The DVD is entitled Neon Knights 30 Years of Heaven and Hell. 
Yes, that's one of the new ones there. One of my favorite Dio tracks. Follow the tears. Yeah. Obviously, I'm programming this shit, so I'm picking my favorite selects. It should be apparent that, you know, I'm not going with, like, the big numbers here. So, really, Radio City is more like the companion piece to the Dio Years compilation. And the Wacken one, <laughs> the Neon Knights package, that's more in line with The Devil You Know. And that Dio Apathy, Iomi Butler, Juggernaut Band carrying on. It's very cool. Very cool that we got these offerings. Let's roll into the curtain call here. The long goodbye, as it were. Where's me pint? There it is. Uh, okay. Last but not least, we have 13 in the end. So this, much like the Dio years, and the Heaven and Hell deal, is represented by two major offerings. A DVD called Live Gathered in Their Masses, which was released in 2013 in direct support of the album 13. So it's got a couple of the new tracks on there. And then the inevitable end in 2017. So starting off with a sample from Live Gathered in Their Masses. Here they are playing a new one. seen this performance in bits really and this here is a rip from YouTube pretty badass I don't have live gathered in their masses the official DVD or anything but yeah pretty badass I love methodemic great song but ultimately this offering isn't the one that I'm clamoring to get into the collection of the two releases that I mentioned with Ozzy geezer Tony and Tommy and Adam in the lineup, I much prefer the end, sonically. If you want the full history of this package and the show and the whole, you know, 13, the end thing, I did a pretty extensive episode on that, the last episode of the original run of the Sabbath Bloody Podcast. So check that out. And actually, that's one of my highest listened to episodes for whatever reason. I guess people skip ahead to just get rid of me. (laughs) I don't know. But yes, the end is great. I love it sonically. It ranks up there with the Dio stuff in that regard. But, well, here you go. We'll roll on some fucking void here, <laughs> as we should in every Sabbath seance we do. And I'll return with my final thoughts for today. The power of the riff compelleth thee.
so after all that chatter <laughs> after all what should you take away from this episode from this seance if say you've never checked out any of these things or you've only seen like one or two of them what are my recommendations for you to really go for well of the one one two three four five six seven eight nine oh thirteen nice fitting so i'll rank these in order of what i personally gravitate towards so at number 13 it's live gathered in their masses no it's not that bad but it's an annoying edit and i feel like they did a much better job on the end so it goes at the bottom of the pile and number 12 i have the last supper again not bad but the reunion squashes it as far as badass performances go with ward so those two are definitely worth checking out but not essential then at number 11 and 10, I'm going to put Live at Last and Past Lives there. Again, love it. But I mean, they're borderline bootlegs. And although it's cool as fuck to hear 70s Sabbath Live, sonically it doesn't hold up to the other ones. For me, anyway. Then at number 9, and this might be a controversial pick, but this album is definitely ranks higher for many, but Live Evil, I don't know, I just... You know, it's not top tier for me, especially when that Hammersmith show came out. I love the Black and Blue concert, too. So Live Evil is a little bit of a touchdown from those. And at number eight, I'd put Black and Blue there, followed at seven by Never Say Die. So the the two essential viewings, those are more to be watched than they are to be listened to. Love them both. But the sound quality, of course, isn't that great. But then at number six... You got Cross Purposes Live, another one that you have to watch this one on video to get the full power of it, but also, sonically, it sounds great. The album sounds great. Pick that one up. Don't sleep on Tony Martin's Sabbath, even if he is kind of (laughs) goofy. So then we get the real cream of the crop, the top five here, counting down. Haven't got anything bad to say about these ones. At the number five spot, it's going to be Live at the Hammersmith Odeon. Cross Purposes was actually also at the Hammersmith, so that venue is just the mecca for next-level Sabbath shows. They know that's where they're going to sound their best. But the earliest Dio-era record is at my number five spot here. And at number four, is it the end? No, Bill Ward, no Sabbath, man. (laughs) No, it's no geezer, no Sabbath, you fools, except for Eternal Idol. (laughs) Anyway, the end is at number four. At number three, I'm going to give that one to Neon Knights, 30 Years of Heaven and Hell. What a fucking show. And that brings us to the final two. So these ones are awesome. Which, by process of elimination, is going to be the epically nostalgic reunion and the age to perfection eternal one at full power live at Radio City Music Hall. And the winner is Radio City Music Hall. That takes it for me, like, unearthly power in that concert. Made me a diehard Dio fan when I watched it. Just to see how he connects with the crowd there. And sonically, that performance is next level. Okay, so, shit. That seance was a lot longer than I wanted it to be. But this is fun. I'm going to do a couple more of these. This is, uh, yeah, this is going to be all right. I'm glad to be worshipping the Sabbath again with you guys. So let me know what I should do next. I'll do one on the bootlegs, the live stuff too. Don't worry about that. Let me know if you want me to just roll into that next. 
Are there any other specific sans topics that you can think of? Send them my way at SabbathBloodyPC on the Twitter or SabbathBloodyPodcast at gmail.com. And as always, keep it warm, rat. <laughs> and bog blast every last one of you.